team, trade them out. Drag it to your mace like you never had a doubt. It's FMDT coming around for you. We've just completed round two in the B Money League. A major trade has gone down. Steve reveals his big secret, and I enter into more bets than I can possibly keep track of. All that and more on this episode of FMDT. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of FMDT. We're here to cover all of the action from the Big Money League from round two. And with me today, I'm joined by Steve. How are you, Steve? Very well, thanks. How are you? Great, thank you. And we've got a special guest in the vicinity as well. Uh, how are you doing, Cam? Yeah, good evening, gents. Good to be back. Hope you guys are Hi, well. Cam. Great to have you back, mate. So we're uh, sure we're all, all very excited that footy came back. Um, how'd you guys go watching it this week? Cam, did you catch catch a lot of matches? Oh, I, I caught a lot of matches actually. Like I was just so pumped I was back. Uh, just because uh, the the two matches that I was really intrigued uh, by Brisbane Lions and uh, Fremantle, and as well as Great and GWS North Melbourne, pretty much started just uh, early afternoon. So therefore, I kind of just uh, dribbled over the middle matches and then I caught the end matches as well. So, yeah, absolutely ecstatic in regards to just like the match quality um, that's been going on at the moment. I think like the 6-6-6 rule where you can see a really good flow between teams and momentum changes really works really well. So, yeah, yeah it's been great to have it. Yeah, definitely led to a lot of close games. So I think even though maybe the quality wasn't necessarily always there, we had a nice, uh, lots of nice tight games. I've managed to pretty much catch all of them, except for the Friday night game, actually, which uh, doesn't seem like I missed too much of a contest there, so I wasn't too upset about. How about you, Steve? Did you manage to get around to a lot of matches? Yeah, I managed to watch at least some of every match, uh, whether it was the start or the end. So, yeah, um, it was it was great to have it back. So, yeah. I'm sure the skills get a little bit tidier as the couple of weeks pass. Yeah, for sure. Do you uh, manage to block out Saturday night from your memory? Uh, no, the Suns game was uh, pretty, pretty good, actually. <laughs> yeah, big upset. Um, yeah. Enjoyed the upset. Yeah. Yeah, that was the game you meant. I there wasn't any other. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you don't need any reminding. Hopefully you don't have any uh, port supporters in your vicinity. <laughs> no, fortunately not down up, up here. That's one of the benefits, I'd say. Um, all right, so before we actually crack on to talking about all of the action from footy this week, um, Steve, you left us on a cliffhanger last week. So I think there's something that you need to share with the group. Is that right? Uh, yes, that sounds suspicious, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I received news uh, just over a week ago um, that I am expected to be uh, posted back to RAF Edinburgh, which is in the northern part of Adelaide next year, January next year. Hey. <laughs> oh, that's, that's fantastic nice. news. Yeah, 
haven't got it confirmed in writing yet uh, per se, but that's I've been told it's uh, definitely on the cards. So pretty pretty comfortable with with the plan. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Okay, that's good. We'll have you back, ready to watch more showdowns. <laughs> yeah, come back as the crows hit the bottom four. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's very exciting. That means we'll have you around for some draft days. Um, yeah, it'd be good to have you around in person. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be good to be back. Well, you can, you can be you can be at the right at the very start where it takes about an hour for us to set up and get all the connections right. <laughs> He doesn't have to sit through all that crap online. I mean, online. Yeah. That's, that's such a big bonus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, fantastic. All right. Well, that's very exciting news. Um, so we can't have to, can't wait to have you back. But um, all right. So let's get on to the other big news, which was in our league there was a big trade that happened, um, and that's really why we've got Cam on the show to talk us through what happened there. You had a trade with Max. You got your man Nat Fife, and um, you want to you want to just talk us through that one, Cam? How did you manage to get such a sweet deal from Max? Yeah, it was um, it was I, I found it um, a little bit innocuous at the start, uh, quite cheeky from Max actually. I was just looking at my phone on Thursday, and he put in this really abysmal trade uh, for Lockie Hunter. Um, I can't remember who was there initially, but he wanted like two, uh, two of my worst players for uh, Lucky Hunter, and I kind of just like mulled over that like over the night, and then I just went. Uh, I think it was on Friday, or like now, I'll give him a cheeky one back, and I uh, just told him, "Look, you know who I want. Uh, I have a big love for Five, and uh, so I did a cheeky trade, uh, cheeky um, kind of draft where I think I put in that Five for." It was, uh, who was it at the start? Lucky Hunter, Jamie Elliott, and then I think it was another defender. But basically my thinking was, A, Max really loves uh, his Bulldogs midfielders. B, absolutely bones Collingwood players. <laughs> and uh, it was just up to the defender. So he texted me the next day. He goes, hey, can you chuck in Robertson instead? And I went, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I kind of, on draft day, I picked up Robertson just because um, I knew some people valued him more than I did, or that he should be valued. You I got him as trade bait. Is still... Yeah, yeah. I still, I still felt um, Robertson was great value at that pick, but um, Robertson was still a very unknown. Um, I think it was pro- probably exemplified um, by the fact that he was out in the last round, but also in regards to the role that he plays. Um, he's very much kind of like um, half half back, uh, flanking off, and uh, just being like a designated kind of like a runner and kicker. So I, I really didn't know how that would transition towards this year, but I knew he was good trade bait. So I just went, yeah, you get traded him in. Two hours later, he uh, missed out on round one, which was really unfortunate for Max. But um, I got uh, Nathan Fife back, and yeah, happy days. Yeah, I think um, I, th- I think a few people when they first look at that trade, they thought that Max might have pulled the wool over your eyes because at first glance, it's three guys getting given up for Nat Fife. But um, yeah. upon closer inspection, I mean, personally, I thought not bad at all, Cam. That was before Robertson even got dropped. What what was your take? Steve? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I um, well, I didn't even mind it at first glance. Um, I was a bit surprised by it, um, but. Uh, yeah, with Robertson being dropped and, and 
you know, Elliot hasn't shown maybe great form yet. I don't, I don't think it's a bad one with Hunter missing the next four weeks in a short season. Um, yeah, I don't know why, I don't know why Max would be willing to offload Fife, um, to be honest, as a, yeah, I mean, maybe he drafted him just to trade him to Cam, but yeah, I was <laughs> Not a pretty, bad tactic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I thought it was a pretty good trade. Um, it obviously helped Cam this week, uh, where he had Fife go big compared to Elliot stink it up. So, yeah. I don't really get that much. Oh, yeah. Elliot hype. I got. I got to say, like, I, I know that he's got talent, but he. I mean, he hasn't produced really anything in his career yet. And you know, sure, if he's fit and firing, but there's so many question marks over him. I think he no finished doubt. last year strongly. Like the last couple of games, he got tons. Did he? Uh, so people thought, yeah, two back-to-back tons at the end of last year. People uh, thought, oh, he's fitting. So. I just, I just don't see him. Um, I mean, I think uh, one of the recurring themes that um, you guys might discuss um, throughout this round is the fact that um, there seems to be a lot more kind of interchangeability in regards to forwards and mids. And I just don't see um, Jamie Elliott having. Um, he's probably got the fitness. He's definitely got the aerobic capacity, but I don't think he's got the body to kind of just continuously go into the midfield um, all throughout the match. He could do that for a quarter, but. As the score showed, um, 27 points uh, in the last round, it's kind of highly unlikely that he goes into the midfield too much just because of his size and just all the other interchanges from other teams that are going too. Yeah, I think, yeah, good call. I don't think he's going to be racking up too many midfield minutes at all. So probably a good one to offload there, Cam. Um, yeah, definitely in hindsight... Uh, definitely in hindsight, I'm thinking that Max was regretting that. I think he's pretty much said as much as soon as Robertin was dropped. I don't think he would have made that trade. Yeah, no doubt. So I mean, like I mean, Max scored like pretty well regardless of uh, five. So his um, team is still in pretty good nick, and they only get better once Lockie Hunter uh, ends his suspension. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, we surely will. So good grab, Cam. Uh, snag one in the bag, as you would say. Snag one in the bag. That's the soundbite I was looking for. Beautiful. Um, all right, so what we'll do is we'll move on to um, we'll move on to the review of the round, and um, also that was just exciting because it's the first trade that we've really had apart from the one that I had during the draft. So uh, feel free to throw more offers out there, guys. Um, it's uh, always exciting to see some trades happen. Um, sorry, before we do move on, I just wanted to let you know that Max also offered me five um, beforehand. He wanted Jack Jack Crisp off me though. I wasn't I wasn't falling for that one. <laughs> Um, but yes, let's move on to the review of the round, and we're going to segue nicely into your match cam, where you had Nat Five prepped and ready to go. So uh, you versus Steve, Sloan Rangers versus. <laughs> I've written the party of Five because you changed your name. Well, you know what? Like you know, with your podcast last week, you you just put on some merry forecasts about the rap pack just being at the bottom of the. But now I've now I've got Five back. It's the party of Five. Um, you don't know where I'm going to be at the ladder now with Nathan Fife back in my team, so oh, I'm a big on that. I think I have a fair idea still, but shame. Well, yeah, look, look, fair enough, mate. Well, it can only be up from here, right? Um, exactly. <laughs> Steve, I believe you've uh, got a bit to say about this matchup. How do you? How did you see this one go down? Oh, uh, look, um, it was a pretty competitive 
matchup, actually. Um, I really only felt safe um, on Sunday afternoon. So um, I was happy with I was happy with Friday night, as I suppose, uh, particularly from my point of view, um, with Grian Myers going off as a loophole option, mm. uh, and I didn't get burned by it, which is which is nice. Um, but yeah. During the, the Fremantle game, Cam uh, had me a little bit worried with Nat Fife going berserk and kicking three goals and racking it up. Um, and, yeah, I guess um, he was only let down by perhaps a, a couple of his lesser lesser lights, like Eric Wood didn't have a good game. And um, I suppose David Mundy, first game back for a fair while, was a little bit quiet, so... Um, yeah, got the job done in the end. Uh, can't really complain too much. Uh, Darcy Parrish, I was going to complain about, but then he got like 50 points in the last quarter. So, um, oh, that was Matt. <laughs> yeah, he really put on the Superman cape and uh, saved himself and, and the Bombers as well in the process. So, yeah, great last quarter for him. Yeah, and then I picked up a couple of little injuries for uh, Sloan and uh, Ryan Burton, so that was the only bad news to come out of my matchup, basically. Ah, what's the Ryan Burton uh, injury? Um, I think they said he tweaked or jarred his knee, so he played 60% game time, but he was obviously a bit affected by it, so it's just a test for this week. All right, so we'll keep an eye on him then. Uh, what about what about yourself, Cam? You got much to say for yourself? Oh, look, I was I was feeling like a lot better um, just after all the matches have done. Now that I had five in my uh, five for my team, if I didn't have five for my team and I uh, put Jamie Elliott and um, just had to get another defender in there, I thought it would have been quite dismal. I think um, I, th- I think a couple of telling things really. Um, yeah, one thing, as I, as I explained before, um, I think Steve, uh, mentioned Eric Hipwood. Mm. I picked up, uh, Shy Bolton and Eric Hipwood, uh, cause they, cause they were the two, uh, top forwards in free agency. Not even top forwards, they were like the top players, uh, from round one. And it was quite telling just what, how I was, um, uh, discussing before about Shy Bolton. Um, just being able to go into the midfield, getting midfield minutes and just like interchange between those. He racked up, um, I think like a large percentage of his tackles were, uh, I mean, percentage of his points were tackles. Eric Hipwood, not so much, like, um, just one of those kind of like full forwards that didn't really do much at all, which is fair enough. Learned my lesson and I think I've picked up Zach Butters, uh, last night. So he's in my team now. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, gonna be is- the first, uh, cap off the ranks. So good thing getting that, uh, first waiver position. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's good to be last, isn't it? And uh, <laughs> I, I think it's like, yeah, <laughs> it take the life. Um, I, I think just like also just with like um, mid, yeah, the midfields are when you talk about boards in the midfields, and then you just talking about pure midfielders. Hmm. Uh, look at look at um, let's say Tom Scully, Aaron Hall, David Mundy, um, all had pretty good time and periods and times in their careers where they were uh, good midfielders, but where do they fit in those teams now? Um, I, I could pretty much say the same for like, um, let's say Sam Managola, but 
I think Sam Managolo, just when he went forward, was pretty good. But if you look at, like, you know, Steve's team where um, he's got some, yeah, just like Jack Billings was just absolutely fantastic. I yeah, did not um, see Jack Billings coming and just Geelong just romping home. Gary Ablett, inspired choice as well. Um, he's he's got to surprise a lot of people for um, plenty of matches this year, I think. And who else kind of surprised me? Yeah, and Gary uh, recently turned 36, I'm pretty sure, so he just keeps on trucking yeah. on. Best on ground, I reckon. Scratchy, what do you think about um, Brody Grundy? Do you think like he's just going to bounce back and just go over 100, or is he just going to continue getting those 80s and 100s? Um, I think he will... Get some some hundreds this year, uh, but he may not have as good a year as what he's. I mean, he got 114 in round one, so um, yeah, it just depends on whether Darcy Cameron's playing more or Mason Cox. I think um, Darcy Cameron probably takes more hitouts and more rope contests compared to Cox, maybe. So yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's not a bad score. It's still still uh, would be a ton in the a ton in the old turns, this, yeah. like in the normal turns, yeah. It's not bad, it's just um, below his sort of 120 type average. But He yeah. was, I think, like the eighth best ruck for the week. So, yeah, definitely not uh, not his standards. Um, R1, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, great, great. Mears was really, really good as well. Like, um, I watched the majority of uh, Friday night's match and, like, he covered, like, a lot of ground, really. I think in the last quarter or so, a fair amount just on the half back. Yeah. Yeah. That impressed me too. Yeah, it wasn't just goals; it was actually getting all over the ground. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good, good matchup. Actually, I found the Shy Bolton uh, pick up pretty good at Foyer Cam. I just thought it was interesting that you decided to pop him straight onto the field because um, I thought you might be picking him up as a nice loophole candidate, given that he had the Thursday night game. Um, did that cross your mind? Yeah, totally. I totally forgot about the loopholes. Actually, yeah. I'll be uh, putting them in um, this week. But uh, yeah, just like just coming out. Just like uh, not not competing as much. It's like oh yeah, just like the bloody loophole. But um, I'll definitely do that this week. I think I picked. I'm just going to. I'll just see who I picked up in regards to that. Oh, I picked up um, Himmelberg. So I'm going to just um, have him as a loophole option. I think I dumped him for um, Lucky Schultz. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. Uh, up into the loophole swing of things. Yeah, I think Bolton's a good pickup too because he's getting that bit of midfield time. So well done. Well yeah, one, one of the better free agents for sure. So I just wanted to also mention a couple of outs that you guys had. Um, so Cam, obviously you were without um, David Swallow, so probably no chance of you winning without him. Um, you know, one of the <laughs> one of your big picks from the draft. And... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, again, like he, he's, he's a perfect example. Like you know, had like you know some really good midfield um, uh, midfield times in his career. How does he fit in like with the? Uh, Midfield and Gold Coast now. Just well, how does, how does he come back to such a strong winning team? True. He true. Get names. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. We'll have to see. Uh, Steve, you also had a few big names missing, though. You were surprisingly without Wiverton. I think that was a pretty shocking uh, drop. Um, and then Blake Akers and uh, Cam Ellis Yolman, I think, were your two other big ones that you were without. Um, yeah, was that surprising to you? Definitely Wiverton. Uh, being dropped was a surprise, even though Brisbane lost in round one. Um, I wasn't that surprised to be missing Cam Ellis Yolman. Um, I think he'll work back into the team in the next few weeks. And Blake Akers apparently picked up a little cuff um, 
Cork or something just in the final week of training. So I, I didn't know about it until, until he wasn't named. Um, but he'll be back either this week or next. All right, we look forward to your team getting even scarier then. Um, so just one final thing for you, Cam. I noticed that for this week coming up, you've already benched Rory Atkins. So does that mean that the year of the rat is over? No. Uh, <laughs> well, te- technically he had four good solid months just being, just being the right thing. <laughs> Those good players. So I'm happy to kind of just like switch that around and just go for something that's a little bit more tried and true. Um, party of five for just a uh, number one team in mid-season once upon a time ago. So <laughs> happy to go for Maybe a good idea not to be reminded about your keeper choices from the draft. Um, probably good to move on from that. All right. Well, I think we might wrap up with that if that's all right, Cam, uh, unless you guys had anything else to share there. Nope. No, nothing at all. I mean, just like, it's, it's actually really cool just to see, like, um, everyone got, um, I think almost everyone, if not everyone, got over 1,100. So it's going to be a pretty competitive year, which is great. So, um, yeah, no, good luck, everyone. And, yeah, thanks for having me. Cheers. No worries, Cam. Thanks a lot for joining us. Cheers, Cam. Cheers, boy. Bye. All right. Well, that leaves Steve and I to talk about the remaining matchups. Um, and. Next up is actually going to be my matchup against Shane. So I've got a bit to talk about in this one. Um, okay. Well, this one actually went down to the wire for me. Man, it was very, very close. Um, it came down to me chasing down a lead of 292 points that Shane had established. Um, I had four guys to do it with. My two Baileys, Bailey Smith and Bailey Williams, and then Hanabry and... Uh, and Clark, Hunter Clark, uh, chasing down that score. And it was... Seemed, I actually thought before the game that it was quite a big task because I effectively needed what would, in the old terms, be a ton from each of them as an average, just about. Um, and they ended up going above and beyond. Um, I got 318 points from them, uh, and they definitely got me across the line, so I was pretty stoked about that. And always good for me to get one over my rival Shane. One of the big battles here was a big ruck battle uh, between our two rucks, Maxi Gorn and Todd Goldstein. Now, Gorn put up a huge 123 points on a pretty inexperienced opponent in Pitonet, um, and I thought that was probably going to be the highest score of the round, but Goldie was not to be undone. One back, round back the clock and got 51 hitouts against Sam Jacobs, which with reduced game time is just pretty nuts, and against a pretty good ruck, and got the top score of the round with 127 points. So, pretty crazy. Yeah, best pick of his team, probably. Yeah, seems like it now, for sure. Um, yeah. Alright, so that was my... That was the hot part of our teams. Actually, no, I had a shout-out for Bailey Smith again. I just can't get enough of this guy. He's got it all, especially the mullet. Um, I hope everyone's seen his haircut by now, because uh, his rocking hairdo is uh, a sight to behold. Indeed. I'm pretty in love with the guy, so he got me over the line as well. Off onto the bad parts, though. The cold. 
was Ricky Henderson and David Zaharakis, my two lowest scorers, and they were pretty disappointing because they're guys that I picked really as value options um, in the draft, and they weren't guys that I had highlighted or, you know, I just thought I picked them as nice, safe options, and to have them as my two duds is kind of annoying. Um, especially David Zaharakis. I think Ricky Henderson can be forgived for his pretty much his whole team uh, not playing too well. But David Zaharakis was in a winning team, and he just kind of looked really lost out there, doing his best to avoid being anywhere where the ball was. Um, and I'm kind of a bit worried that he might get dropped, so we'll see what happens with him. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't see it much. No, um, six touches, and I think about half of those came in the final quarter. So, saved his score from being even worse, if you can believe that. Uh, The other fun part, Steve, is that I made a bet. So, after our draft episode, I was talking about how I wanted to pick Dom Sheed, and Shane got in just before me. So, he contacted me after listening to the episode and said, Hey, how about a bet Dom Sheed versus Ricky Henderson for the season? We've got a six-pack on the line for who out-averages who, um, which, Ooh. sadly enough, he's quite a bit ahead after that shocker by Hendo. Yeah, that's a good little bet. Who who picked two first? Oh, Sheed was one pick before Hendo. Yes. yes. Gotcha. Mm. Well, can't believe you took that bet, because you, uh, you wanted Sheed, didn't you? Well, I did, but Henderson's in my team, and I kind of came around to him, I guess, after after having him there. I still think he's a good pick. Um He'll have better days, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think it'll be close. Uh, well, that's all I had to say about my matchup. Did you have any uh, any points on it? Uh, I sure didn't. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was it was entertaining to watch uh, you run down that big score. Mm. Uh, so, obviously, Shane losing with the maybe the fourth or fifth high score. A bit unlucky. Um but, no, I didn't really have anything else to say. You're probably happy to get Parfit back, though. He was he was really good. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was, you know, had a lot of hype for him, so glad he found his spot in the team and hopefully cements it now. Ten tackles yeah. he laid. It's a yeah, nice number. we'll keep Stephen out with that score. Yeah. Um, yeah, not, not much else to say. Just, yeah, super exciting to watch that final game. Made the... Um, St Kilda Western Bulldogs game very exciting. I wasn't really, I didn't even know what the scoreline was to be honest. It wasn't that interesting, but yeah, <laughs> following the fantasy scores was very fun. Uh, so I think that means we can move on to the next matchup, which uh, I believe you've got to cover with I shot the Sharon and Duncan Donuts. A pretty convincing win for Max um, of I shot the Sharon with the highest score of the round by a solitary point. I uh, was really glad that I wasn't playing Max this week. <laughs> um, would have been heartbreaking. Um, so Maxi, just to cover his team first, um, he had Mark Pitnett, who you've mentioned. And I'll mm. actually give a little shout-out here. Um, that Even though he, even though Gorn dominated, uh, Pitnett got 74 still, uh, which in the old uh, measure is about 90 something um so you know that's a pretty good pick um but against one of the best ruckmen in the league like plenty of ruckmen have got 30 or 40 or 50 against max gorn um so i actually think max did really good job picking pipnet it's a bit of a handcuff to cruiser um and he may actually be quite quite decent this year so um well done 
to Max there. Yeah, I, I thought that was a great, really, handcuff for him, got in the last round. Um, yeah, pretty perfect, actually. Yeah. Um, on the downside, uh, Todd McDonald's form would be a bit of a concern. Mm. Um, two games in, he's got two scores in the 40s, uh, even though Melbourne actually won um, barely, but they, you know, they've got a win. Um, and yeah, McDonald only got 40 and didn't really seem to be a, a, um, a forward target for them. So, um, maybe, maybe Max will be hoping he gets moved into the back line or something. Something needs to change because he had a strong finish to last year, if I recall. Uh, or maybe it wasn't that strong, but yeah, no, he got a two tons in his last couple of games, but then he got injured and missed the last six weeks. So yeah, a bit of a one to watch there for, um, Max. Um, on the other side of it, um, Alec, oh, he was very unlucky to lose, uh, specifically lose Nick Newman, his third round pick for the whole season. Yeah. Uh, it's been announced today, so devastating for, for Nick and, uh, Nick Newman and, and Alec as well. So, uh, that really sucks. Um, I think Alec's side has a, a fair bit of upside still because he essentially had Comeback games from Callan Ward, Grant Birchall, Matt Taberner, all of whom haven't played much footy for 12 months or more. So um, I think Alex team will get get a bit stronger when those guys um, have had a few games under their belt. Um, and I also noted uh, in terms of upside for Alec, four of his five forwards played in losing teams. Um, so, yeah, that will... Um, that that will probably change um, with with guys like Toby Green and 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 you know maybe Western Bulls might find some form and stuff like that. So um, yeah, um, there's a little bit more upside there um, for Alec. Uh, the yeah the only other note I had was relating to Rowan Marshall. He got a solid 77, mm-hmm. but 21 hitouts. Paddy Ryder. 28 hitouts. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, not, yeah, not great news for, for a Marshall owner, even That's though he's got a good surprising, score. surprising, especially just mm. before um, it almost sounded like they were going to go without Ryder and just go with Marshall as a solo ruck. So. Yeah, exactly. So, that sort of cost Marshall, you know, 25, 30 points um, at least. So, that'll be one to watch um, because, yeah, I. I did steer clear from, from Ryder in, in terms of the draft, partly because I, I didn't super need him, but also because I wasn't sure if he even had a spot, um, or if he was a Ford or if he was a Ruckman. But that, based on that, it looks like he's almost their, their first Ruck and Marshall was, um, you know, almost like a Ford Ruck who had, uh, kicked a goal and, and 21 hit out. So maybe it's sort of a bit of a 50-50 timeshare type situation there. Um, but, yeah, overall. It's actually uh, a, a, a quite a good ruck tandem as well. I believe they absolutely yeah. dominated the hitouts. I just had a look and Tim English got 10 for the match. So, yeah, um, yeah, definitely one to watch out for. And uh, they've got Collingwood next. So that should be a very interesting one to see how that uh, ruck duo goes. Yeah, that will be. Um, so just to, to, to look at the score, to recap as well, I'm sure everyone can see the score on their screens, but I've converted it to uh, the old or the 
the normal scoring max uh, score equals sixteen eighty four. So you know, getting up nearly seventeen hundred. So um, to Alex fourteen sixty five, which is you know just that little bit below par if fifteen hundreds a par score. So definitely some upside there still for Alec, um, but a really really good score from from Max. And I think just judging from the rest of the rest of the league as well, I don't think Alex was a terrible score. I think it was on the bottom end, but um, sort of on par, like you said, I think. Yeah, so. there was about four or five who were very close scores. There were two teams that got um, the same score, Alec and Brett. So, yeah. and then Cam had one more one more point than both of them. So, <laughs> yeah, it's around it's around the middle of the pack, slightly towards the low end, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah, all good points. I think I don't have anything else to add, so I think we can go ahead to the next one, uh, which I was looking at. Uh, Gunston checks in against Manny Barcelona. Uh, so this one was won by last year's runner-up, uh, Ian Mills, with uh, a hundred and fifty, sorry, hundred and seventy-two point margin. So quite a significant margin, I think, especially uh, especially with the lower scoring these days. Uh, Manic Barcelona getting the lowest score of the round and sort of backing up being last year's lowest scorer. Um, so probably with a little bit of work to do there from Sahil. Um, I had a f- look at the ins and outs to uh, go in first. Uh, Millsy, I guess maybe a little bit surprisingly, had uh, Luke Dunstan out. I'm not too sure what the deal was there, to be perfectly honest, because from the from the numbers, he had a decent round one. Um, so not sure if he was uh, just left out or wasn't ready for the team. Um, and Sahu, on the other hand, had Adam Trelaw still missing, so he very desperately wants him to come back, his first round pick. Uh, Josh Caddy was out, um, but more surprisingly, having a look at his team, Steve, he's for some reason still carrying Shane Savage, Jack Sinclair, and James Cousins, which I've just put a lot of question wow. marks around, because I don't think any of those guys are carrying injuries, they're just not best 22, so lots of question marks yeah. around why he's uh, still persisting with those guys. Um, I think uh, I think he might have to dump some of those guys. Oh, that's one, yeah. Especially because the bad out of this match was that he had Jaron Geary uh, get eight points. He actually played 63% uh, game time, but um, he did tweak a hamstring, so it sounds like he might miss at least a week or two. Um, so Sahu might have to have some force changes in there. Um, probably not a bad idea, though, uh, with Jaron Geary only getting those eight points for him. So definitely the worst scorer for him. Um, an interesting point I had, though, was that there was um, a loophole option for Sahil. He didn't take Vlosten 60. So that would translate into 75 normally. Don't know whether you take that for your defense or not. It's probably right on the cusp. Um, mm. On the other side of things, though, Ian was quite happy to take Jed Anderson's 67 Oh, in midfield, yeah. In midfield, yeah. Um, actually, that wasn't a loophole game, was it? So. Oh, okay. That was uh, he mustn't have noticed Dunstan was dropped then. Ah, that's probably what it is. There we go. Okay. Well, I thought that was just fair enough. Considering... <laughs> yeah, Dunstan got a ton in the first game, so it's a pretty weird omission. It is. Yeah, he yeah he definitely wasn't injured because he was on the um he was named as a extended bench and then didn't make the cut so yeah interesting but I guess the problem of St Kilda is that I have a lot of people in the same mould as Luke Dunstan so um, yeah he has to fight for his spot there 
So, all right. Well, yeah, he interesting does. that Sahil didn't take the 60 in defense. I actually delved a little bit deeper into this and thought, is 60 a good score in defense? I'm not sure. Um, for the week, it was the 43rd best score as a back. Um, and I said it's equivalent to a 75. Well, guess what, Steve? Last year, a 75 average back was the 43rd best back for the year. So it's exactly on par with that scoring conversion. Um, what's what's your cutoff for a loophole? Uh, traditionally, 80 for the back and forward lines. Um, I think I'm quite a conservative loophole player, though. So, uh, so for me, a 60 this year wouldn't wouldn't cut it unless my um, unless my back line was really weak for some reason. Um, but yeah, normally I wouldn't wouldn't take a 75. So. Yeah, 60 probably isn't enough for me, but looking at Tom Barras and Jaron Geary, I'm not really sure that they're guaranteed to do better than 60. <laughs> no. There so is... I'd take a 60 in that case. It's definitely his weakest line. And um, so I've assigned a hot and a cold for, for each uh, matchup, which I sort of ran through of mine before. And my cold in this goes to Sahil's back line, which they combined for a poultry uh, 38 average. Or even if you take out Jaron Geary, they would have put up a 45-point average amongst the other four players, which is uh, not too impressive. So he did actually wait quite late in the draft to get to fill his back line out, and I think that's sort of showing now. So, yeah, maybe maybe consider taking a 60 next time, Sahil. Um, as for the hot, though, Lockie Neal, bloody hell. This guy has just started uh, off with a bang. He's the top scorer for the year. Um, really justifying uh, Ian having kept him for many, many years. Um, well, he's always really delivered, but yeah, to be the top scorer this year is just uh, even better. And I mean, those would be good scores normally, 108, 109. Uh, if we translate that into the uh, pre-COVID uh, scoring system, we're looking at 135-point average, which is like old uh, Rockliffe numbers. So pretty mm-hmm. nice. Um, see how long he can keep that up for. But, yeah, obviously he's really peaking. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how he keeps going. Uh, but overall, Millsy just has a really nice midfield, I think. Dependalbury got him a nice 100 there as well. And uh, all throughout there, his line is looking quite good. So probably, uh, yeah, definitely what's contributing to him getting a win in this one. Still reckon he'll come 10? <laughs> Look, when I made that prediction, I forgot about Taranto. Um, I didn't really take into account some of the ins that he might have. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say he still misses finals. Okay, that. Where's the downside in this team though? Where's the Where's the risk? He sure maybe, but I'm not seeing a lot of risk in this team. I yeah. Um, I guess it's I guess the midfield does drop off a bit for me. Um, it's it's the Jack Bows, maybe the Trent Cochin. I thought might be. You know, a bit past it as well. Um, not necessarily. God, I don't know. Put me on the spot now. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's maybe the depth is a little bit lacking for me as well. I'm just not seeing the massive upside to um, Rocket and past everyone. And looked like when when I made those rankings, I actually had everyone very close. I think it is going to be yeah. a very close year. And yeah. so we're talking about a minute amount of points 
um, at different Great. dates in uh, between finals, yeah. and I think that's that's it for me. It's um, he just missed out on the cut. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I had um, I gave probably six people a B grade, and that wasn't trying to sit on the fence, but I actually thought between fourth and tenth, everyone was pretty much um, yeah, pretty similar really, or fifth and tenth maybe because I gave myself fourth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you were a lot less obnoxious than I was. Um, <laughs> but yes, I've, I've made my predictions. They're locked in, and we'll see how they uh, shape up. And I think we can move on to the very next matchup. Uh, Steve, you're looking at Lloyd versus UN Security Council. How did that one go? Indeed. Um, so this one probably went the other way to what maybe many would have thought before the round, all of our many followers around the world. Um, <laughs> might, have, might have tipped Brett for this one, um, but... But Nick's Lloyd uh, took it out with a 12.97, the third best score of the round, um, 16.21 in the old in the old language. So, mm. um, pr- pretty solid score, um, taking down uh, the 11.72 uh, from from Brett, uh, matching Alex's score there, which is 14.65, as I mentioned. So, um, again, to start with the winners. Um, oh, look, I have some. Some gold here. Um, mm-hmm. I really, the points I had on Nick's team were, were the strongest. Um, so, first point. Uh, do you remember what round Sam Walsh was drafted in last year in the draft? Doesn't matter if you don't, but. Well, it was, it was after round 10 because Cam could have kept him in round 10. Ah, that's right. Sam, uh, uh, Cam should have kept him in round 10. Um, <laughs> but yes, it was in the 13th round. Um, 13th round, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew Rowell. Rowell, I'm not sure. Um, I'll soon be sure. Um, uh, I'm not was sure. Was drafted yeah. 16th round in the 16th round this year. So three rounds later, and he had every bit as much, um, you know, praise and hype and, and wraps around him. Um, so I think that is a bargain from Nick, um, and I have no doubt that Nick will be keeping him in the 10th round next year uh, <laughs> instead of instead of uh, passing on him or instead of keeping Tom Rockliffe in the first round. So. Yeah, I think Nick will be loving Raoul for the next oh, 10 years. So, um, great stuff there. Um, he looked, did not he looked amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. he just... He's just ready. Like, yeah. That's it. He, he just fit into that team so perfectly. Um, to be honest, yeah, I guess, I guess I knew Sam Walsh was AFL ready. I wasn't sure that Raoul was quite of the same mold, but yeah, he's absolutely he is. Yeah, it's funny because I think the the you know pre um, draft speculation and stuff was that Raoul was physically ready, so maybe it was only just a question mark over Gold Coast. Um, but you know the number one draft pick's always going to the bottom team, so um, you know Walsh going to Carlton, mm. Raoul going to Gold Coast, it's it's really the same thing, um, maybe with the exception that that Walsh has Paddy Cripps to to you know lead the way, whereas I'm not really sure who who leads the way at the moment uh, on the Gold Coast, um, especially with David Swallow missing round two. Um, being is he still still the captain anyway? Um, being the sort of leader of the midfield group probably. Um, but yeah, great work from Nick with that draft pick. I think um, on the negative side of it, uh, or bad news for Nick was that Sean Darcy 
got injured. Um, mm. He's only his backup ruckman, so that's that's not too terrible. Uh, it did look like somewhat serious injury, but I think the injury list today said it's not an ACL or a PCL, so that's maybe not too bad. Um, but Steph Martin really struggled uh, first game back from his PCL injury, which he didn't miss any games from. Uh, but he looked pretty sore um, and and you know quite quite limited. Um, but he battled through to get a you know a forty or whatever it was, so could have been could have been worse um, for Nick. So he's just got a few rough worries now. Interesting if Steph Martin does take back how much how much of the rough duties he Sorry. takes back, because the big O has been uh you know uh, doing uh, a, lot yes. of, a lot of rucking as well. So I'm not sure whether they'll just probably persist with that split, which I think was sort of happening towards the end of last year. Yeah, uh, good point. Yeah, Big O led the way, um, and I thought it was just because Martin was coming back from injury, but maybe it's actually just a trend um, that started last year. So, yeah, Martin ended up playing 56% of game time for 18 hitouts. Um, definitely was not at his best. Um, and, yeah, really, I guess... Uh, with Nick not having Darcy at least for a few weeks, he's going to have to just soldier on with with Big Steph. Um, hope he finds fitness. Um, yeah, and there was actually something I was, I was going to mention. Sorry, oh, I was just, just going to jump in there with the Sean Darcy news. Sorry, I'm going to go back to your team now, but um, I guess that actually impacts Rory Lobb getting that forward status for you now that you were so hoping for. Yeah, yeah, it does. Unfortunately. Um, I mean, obviously, I think I I just keep Lob as a as a backup ruckman, but I was I was hoping he'd get forward status pretty soon. And yeah, I did think of that during the week or during the weekend. I was like, oh damn it, Darcy's out for at least a few weeks. Um, that means Lob will be first ruck. So yeah, um, well you win some, you lose some. <laughs> well, maybe you can uh, arrange a trade with Nick. He might have use for Rory Lob after all. Hmm. True. Um, and the other thing I had about Nick's team was his forward line kicked quite a lot of goals. That was just my impression from looking at it, 11 goals between his five forwards, um, which you know, maybe doesn't sound that many, 11 over five. Um, but, you know, in shortened games, I think we've talked about how goals may actually be more important in, in fantasy terms um, because everyone's possession numbers and other numbers down. Um, but scoring... That is a theory I've may, heard, yes. Yeah, so goals may not be down um, overall. I mean, overall, it's it's definitely hard to say from two rounds. Um, but, yeah, 11 goals was a pretty good return, and I, I suspected it was a lot, and I actually checked what does everyone's forward line um, score this week, round two. Nice. And nice. Uh, so winners averaged 5.8 goals from their, from their forwards. Okay. Losers... Losing teams averaged 3.7 goals from their forwards for an overall average of 4.75. So 11 goals was more than double the average, uh, which, you know, in real terms, that's over 36 extra points, um, which is, you know, a pretty handy um, amount. But it also means this was a bit of an up week for Nick. He can't expect that every week. Um, he, he probably shouldn't expect 11 goals a week. So... Uh, there's a little bit of downside for Nick's team. Um, you know, McKernan three goals, Papley three goals, Cameron four goals. That's yeah, 
not going to happen every week. No, definitely not. But yeah, that's really good insight. I like it. And on the other hand, for Barrett's team, he's uh, he has plenty of upside left um, because his big gun mids, a um, couple of them particularly, really underperformed. So I'm talking Jack McRae, 65 points. You know, he averaged close to 130 last year. Or um, obviously, number one pick of the draft. Yeah, you want a yeah big return. Yeah. So 65 isn't great. Um, Josh Kelly, 59, even worse, um, after averaging 115.9 last year. Um, so obviously that means that, that Brett's team could bounce, you know, 50, 60 points next week, uh, with everything else being equal, just from those two players alone. So, um, yeah. Other than that, um, uh, I've definitely got Jack Redden on form watch. I identified him as a as a potential uh, a bad pick. Um, I didn't even realise he got 39 in round one, mm. uh, 62 in round two. That's not too bad, um, but he's definitely on form watch for me because I reckon he might be the guy that Tim Kelly uh, hurts the most, um, Tim Kelly's arrival, because uh, I feel like, you know, Luke Shuey, Elliot Yo, they're such... Um, Quality mids, they, they use the ball really well. They tackle a lot. Um, I think Redden could be the guy who who hurts. Uh, and Gaff, I, you know, don't even need to mention as the premium. Different game style, order. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. But like, there's there's only so many points to go around. So um, uh, Redden might be the guy who suffers the most. Joe you know Shuey is currently the second best scorer behind um, whoever I said before, uh, Lockie Neal. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, the good thing about, from Shuey's perspective, is that he may have sometimes got a tag, and maybe having Kelly there means he doesn't get a tag. So, um, mm. you know, it could actually help Shuey. Um, I don't think it'll hurt or help Gaff. Gaff will just be Gaff. And then, yeah, um, so Ren's the guy who may actually be uh, most impacted. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, my final... Uh, Insight was that Sam Jacobs, big source, only yes. five possessions. So he obviously got dominated in the hitouts, uh, but he still managed 31 hitouts um, against Goldstein. It's more around the ground that he really has dropped off, and we saw that, you know, sort of at the the Crows. Um, Rob took his job, um, but even before Jacobs' injury. Mm. Uh, he did seem to be dropping off around the ground a little bit. Um, so we'll have to keep an eye on his possession and mark uh, numbers. I think he will probably be good for 30 hitouts most weeks. But, um, yeah, just five five touches. So a um, bit of a concern for, for Brett's uh, Ruckman. But, you know, that's what happens when you, you know, choose to t- take Ruckman late and, and mm. certainly could be a lot worse than Source. Um, but, yeah. That's uh, that's all. Oh, should I say Jeremy Howe did well again? Or do I not, <laughs> not, at, not as well, but still very solid, 79. Yeah, all right. We'll keep up Jeremy Howe. Watch, see how his worst pick <laughs> does for the season. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, very good points. Um, yeah, quite insightful stuff, really. Uh, I was just going to mention Carl uh, Langford. Imagine picking a guy for like four years straight. <laughs> 
and he doesn't do anything much for you. And then finally, <laughs> someone bloody picks him up, and he has a breakout year, which is exactly breakout what it looks, year. It's exactly what it looks like is happening for him. I know it's very early to call. It's been two games and really one, you know, um, with a big gap. But um, yeah, great game over the weekend. So Brett might have got in right on time there. So um, congrats to you if you timed Kyle Langford perfectly, Brett. <laughs> it's what I was waiting for for a long time. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. Well, with that, I think I'm happy to move on to our final matchup, uh, which was between Aurora Bontrealis and Lock It In. So uh, this one was relatively close. Um, went down by 58 points, and Kieran took this one out over the newcomer, Glenn. Um, and, well, yeah, it was probably one of the lowest scoring matches of the round. Um, there were a few stars missing, but mostly on Kieran's side. So he actually um, had Ollie Wines, who uh, obviously uh, <laughs> did a bit of a no-no and got himself suspended for a match. So he was a big one missing. Diego Mira as well. And I noticed that Kieran also has Connor Blakely, um, who he picked pretty early, um, sitting there on his bench. So quite a few big names that he could still have coming back. On the other hand, Glenn only had, really had one big out, and that was Nan Kerbis, which meant that he had to shift mm-hmm. Jonathan Segler into his rucks, which I'm sure he would have preferred having him sit in his forward line, because then that meant that he had to shift someone not as good into his forwards. And he chose Jason Castagna, which... I could have actually loopholed him because he was the Thursday night player and I think maybe that was a bit of him not knowing the rules just yet so maybe the new guy's still uh, learning the ropes a bit there the old rookie era <laughs> that's it yeah um, at the end of the day he didn't cost himself too many points I think Ben Brown was his best option 19 point difference so uh, sorry 14 point difference in fact so yeah, nothing not too, too bad, bad. Uh, so I wanted to start with the cold from this matchup rather than the hot. And the cold for me was the crows. Because uh, Kieran is a proud owner of six crows, and it certainly did not seem to be a good time to be an owner of that many. Um, we haven't really mentioned it, but and sorry to rub it in there, Steve, but it was one of the worst fantasy performances, I think, um, uh, that, that I've seen because the Crows combined their team combined for 980 fantasy points while poor Adelaide had 1632 like it was ridiculous um, I'm not sure I've seen a margin that big before um, especially not taking into account the lowest scoring so and those were obviously the highest and the lowest totals for the week so um, not a good time to be owning a lot of Crows and in particular, it was Kieran's worst pick of his draft, Chase Jones, uh, who I wanted to single out there, getting him only 38 points. And uh, we did single him out in the draft episode, so we'll see if Kieran keeps persisting with him or if he finally lets him see the bench. Yeah, I think I mentioned in that episode that he was a bit crows-heavy, and it's starting to look more like um, a Titanic um, sort of situation where... <laughs> Yeah, it's a sinking ship, so... <laughs> it does, yeah, unfortunately, I mean, 
Yeah, it's one round, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, um, and he actually wrangled decent scores out of Lynch, O'Brien, and Crouch, so well, you know, they're that's, solid. They're that's the up. thing. O'Brien actually top-scored his team and actually had a very solid score, so I was going to mention that um, that's a pretty great sign when your team gets absolutely thrashed and you still score 103 fantasy points. You're doing something pretty well, so yeah, O'Brien might still, uh, still come out of this okay. Um, on the other side of the fence, I was looking at Glenn's team, and cold for him was Liam Shields. So he was my best pick of the draft for him, and you said he 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 was quite a good one as well. Um, even more shocking is he actually has a really good history against Geelong, but just the entire the entire Hawks team really just put up a turd there, and so um, unfortunately he only scored 37 points, and uh, yeah, not a big contribution for Glenn at all. So he'll be hoping that he turns it around. Um, and oh, I just had sorry, yeah, absolutely. Shields was very poor, yeah. Hmm. And speaking of cold, Glenn, why have you got Dean Beam still on your team? He's a cold, lifeless body in fantasy terms, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, not sure Could why you still carrying him around, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um... know why that's. Yes, you need to drop beams. Yeah, yeah, do yourself a favour. All right, on to the hot, and uh, it's mostly Kieran's team I'm looking at here, and a player that I really liked, uh, obviously a bit of bias coming through for me, was Andy McGrath. Um, I actually um, had a bit of a discussion um, re- regarding him um, with a few of the guys from the league, and uh, Jury was... was uh, sort of, well, yeah, people weren't, weren't too sure whether he was actually going to be a good player or not, and... Uh, from his first two games, looks like uh, he has arrived, um, and he was playing like a man possessed on a Sunday uh, afternoon, and uh, things are really trending up for him, and I think he he does have a habit of inconsistency, but who doesn't when they're about, you know, when they're still quite young, so I think uh, if he's turning that around, then Kieran's going to have a really good player and potentially a big keeper for a few years to come. Um so good one, Kieran. Also another young guy, Ollie Florent uh, from the Swans. Uh, also a great score. And so that sort of young midfield brigade there for Kieran, really getting him a lot of points and looking like he might generate a couple of decent keepers, if nothing else, from it. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was it for me. So good win for you there, Kieran. Uh, tracking to be a... Uh, just outside the finals, like I think I said uh, in my draft wrap-up, so good on you. Uh, Alright, uh, anything else to add there, Steve? Oh, not about this game, but I noticed the current rankings um, in the in the league are surprisingly similar to, to my predictions, so quietly <laughs> confident so far, but obviously a lot of of uh, games still to come, so yes, yeah. yes, lots of seasons still to play, so we won't uh, call anything too early. But I should have a little bet on that. How how close we'll uh, be? I don't know how we'll work it out, but yeah, wonder if we can we we'll sort something out offline, maybe. Yeah, I think we will. We can we can tell everybody about it next week. But I'm always up for a bet, as you know. So yeah, let's do it. I couldn't possibly be wrong. Um, 
Speaking of the ladder, though, you did bring up a good point because I just had a look at it and it looks suspiciously sort of like the AFL ladder where there's a lot of teams with one win, one loss. Um, so very, very close. Uh, kind of just goes to show that it's we're probably in for quite a close season. Um, I'm kind of I was kind of wondering. I mean, it might be too early to tell. I don't know, but. I'm thinking it's going to be a close season because of the lowered scoring as well. I imagine that's going to mm. mean that there's quite, um, yeah, closer margins and, uh, yeah, little things are going to be a little bit more impactful. Yeah, that total points for could be separate, like very, very small margins between the the points for as a tiebreaker. So, one to watch. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Alright, so that's our review of the of round two done. Alright, so we'll do a little preview of the coming up week. What we're going to do is that Steve and I are going to put down some tips for each of the matchups, and then we're going to pick a matchup each week to just give a little bit more focus on. Uh, this week, as it happens, Steve and I are facing off against each other, so we couldn't really pass up that opportunity to... Uh, have a bit of banter about our teams. So we're going to save that one till last. But let's rattle the rest of these ones off, Steve. So we've got Gunston checks in facing off against Cornflakes, which is a top of the table battle, first versus second. Who do you think is going to win that one? I'm tipping Cornflakes with this one. Interesting. I'm tipping Gunston checks in. The undefeated team stays undefeated. Unlikely. Which <laughs> is actually hard for me because I had both of these guys quite low on the ladder. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. All right, Aurori Bontrealis versus Party of Fife. I'm taking Aurori for this one. I'm also sticking with Aurori. I think even with Fife, um, I think Cam yeah, needs a little bit more work on that team. Yeah, and I think he'll get Wines and Nomira back as well, Kieran. So. Very good point. That team is actually going to be looking pretty decent. All right. Uh, I shot the Sharon. Facing off against Lock It In. Oh, I've gone with uh, I shot the Sharon here. Hard to go past the top scorer from uh, from last week. That's a pretty good point, and I've sort of gone for the underdog here. I've said Lock It In. Um, I did like his draft a lot, so I'm sort of just backing in that uh, his team is going to bounce back and uh, prove me and Glenn a little bit correct. Um, and I did have I did have a point that I forgot to mention uh, in our review uh, when it came to Max is that he actually lost Will Brody, which was quite an interesting omission by the Gold Coast Suns. So this was after the five trade as well. I think Max thought that he would have quite a few midfielders to take five spot, but losing Will Brody, quite uh, yeah, quite a strange one, Steve. Yeah, and with David Swallow still to come back into that team and the, and Gold Coast winning, they they might they won't make too many. Unforced changes, will I? You wouldn't think so. No, you definitely think that uh, Will Brady's going to be on the outs for uh, a little while yet. So, yeah, definitely one to watch. And uh, Max does have quite a few people actually missing out now with Robertin and uh, Lockie Hunter as well from that trade. So, um, yeah, uh, depth is going to be challenged, I think. Hmm. But all right, so we're different on that one. Uh, next one is Lloyd against the Dunkin' Donuts. Who do you have for this one? Now, I'm taking Dunkin' Donuts this week. I think uh, we talked about his upside. Um, so, yeah, I'm taking 
Alex team. Me too. Me too. He's actually... Um, Nick is actually the bookie's favourite in this one. The ultimate footy projected scores. Uh, but yeah, I'm taking Dunkin' Donuts to have a bit of a bounce back. Probably a close one. Uh, should be close, yeah. And finally, the UN Security Council against Manny Barcelona. What do you think? Oh, <laughs> I think the UN's going to be expelling Barcelona from the um, council <laughs> right now, so taking Brett's team. Yeah, I will have to go with the same um, for all the reasons that we talked about when we talked about Sahil's team, I think. Um, yeah, bit of work to do to get that ship back up. Um, cool. All right. So that's our tips and uh, we'll see how we go next week. But let's turn our eyes to our own matchup. So seven-year uh, Titch versus Sloan Rangers. We're sitting fourth and seventh on the ladder. Um, one win apiece. So it's, you know, it's a pretty vital time to get a win. And uh, you're backing yourself for this one, Steve? I am not. I <laughs> I think I'll tip you here. Oh, what if, are you? If Rory Sloan misses the game. Wow. Um, I think he's that important to me um, at this at this time. Um, so if Rory Sloan misses, I'm tipping you. But if, if Sloan gets up and plays, then I'll then I'll back my guys in. If I Sloan think it'll misses. be a close one. If Sloan misses, then uh, who do you have filling in for him? Oh, uh, with this second, I have Jack Graham, but he is playing on Thursday night, so he he's likely to remain my loophole option. So I'll see. Uh, really depends on selection. Um, mm. So if if Cam Ellis Yolman suddenly got selected, I'd pick him. Um, if yeah, if Blake Akers plays, then maybe I move one of my forwards into the midfield, like a, you know, move Gresham or whatever into the midfield and put in Akers into the forward line. So it really depends on selection. But yeah, that's why I'm saying I really, really need Slum to play. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, well, I don't know. Do you really need a, a, a crow at the moment? I don't know if that's going to be helping you too much. Well, yeah, who knows? At least we're playing the Gold Coast, who, who <laughs> obviously coming off a win, but that that might, um, you know, they might have a little down week. So, you know, I'd rather be playing Gold Coast than Richmond, put it that way. <laughs> I mean, sure, that's true. Look, I I think I own the correct amount of crows, which is zero. So that's why I'm backing myself to win this one. Um, I've also got a yeah, I've got one Gold Coast player, so I'm looking forward to Ben Ainsworth. Uh, Reaping the rewards yeah, of tearing the crows apart. Sure. And how about Jack Stevens? Is he going to play, do you reckon? I have no idea. Um, I, I, it's hard to know. So I think he's, I think he's fit, but they might be cautious because um, Geelong often are. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. Who are they? Who are they up against? Carlton. Who's your back? They might. Yeah, they might not rush him back against Carlton. My backup is. <laughs> Probably Liam Baker if he has a good Thursday night game. Otherwise, I've got Callum Brown on my bench. So, uh, not excited about either of those two options, to be honest. Uh, yeah, similar story for Sloan with me then. Like, um, yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. I'm definitely backing myself to keep 
going uh, with it. Um, hopefully, yeah, if Jack Steven is back, then that is a huge bolster to my team. So we'll see how we go. Um, and I see we've got our uh, lines completely stacked with loophole options, so it should be interesting to see which of us decides to go for it. Or dice, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Uh, all right, well then, watch this space. Uh, we'll see how we end up going. Um, she'll be throwing a bit of banter towards each other during the week. Um, don't write yourself off too quickly there, Steve. Although, yeah, well. Do you want to put a Do you want to put a six pack on the line? Oh, isn't a win enough? Um, I've got so <laughs> oh, many six packs on the line. I'm going to lose track of all of them. But at all the right, same well, time, we don't have to. <laughs> I could have a fridge full of six packs, and that is pretty tempting. Um, what is it? Six pack winner's choice? Um, well, I think winner's choice can be a little bit dangerous, but um, within reason, you know. 20, <laughs> within reason, yeah. Twenty five dollar also, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, like a thirty dollar one or something. <laughs> no, we now we'll just keep upping it. <laughs> no, no, I just said not, not that much. All right, okay. It's literally. Yeah. We only pay fifty or sixty dollars for the whole year. So, you need yeah. twenty five bucks for a decent six pack these days. True, I only ever buy cartons. I never bought a six pack for about eight years. So, well, I mean, yeah. you, can, you can buy a card and whatever I choose and give me a six pack out of it. That's probably the economical choice. Oh yeah, value. <laughs> <pay. laughs> All right, you're on, mate. All right, virtual handshake. Done. <laughs> Great. All right, awesome. Looking forward to it. Uh, all right, well, I think that brings us to a wrap after a bit of a longer episode than I think we expected to do, but hopefully people have stuck with us and got some entertainment out of this one. Um, always happy to have some special guests join us as well. So we had Cam today. Um, who knows? It might be you next time. You might get the call up. Um, so if you'd like to be on the show, let us know. Give us some comments on our um, on, on Facebook. But otherwise, best of luck this week, everybody. And uh, catch you next week. Catch you next week.